Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris Barsby's with us. Good morning, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. We're going to talk about King of Swing in a moment. He was back and, and won as expected um, last weekend. And just in some news from Perth, the West Chicago Bull, of course, goes around tomorrow night. But Leverage, I, I read there was a, there's a bit of a setback with him. Yeah, that's right, Steve. It's uh, it's bitterly disappointing news for everyone involved, but in particular with Queensland, because good progress was being made with the connections of Leverage Joe about enticing him here to the Sunshine State to tackle races like the Rising Sun and the Queensland Derby. So uh, it was established earlier this week there's a bit of filling in one of his legs. He was going to be the clear favourite for that Group 1 Westerl Classic tomorrow night, a race for three-year-old Colts and Gilding. So he's been taken out of that. Obviously, Queensland is now off the table. He's going to go for a let-up, and uh, maybe he'll come back uh, later in the season. Maybe they might get him back in time for a shot at a race like the Victoria Derby, but just really disappointing news just for Queensland because they were really keen to see him here in Queensland during the carnival. Yeah, well, Chris, he's the headline act really in the country at the moment. King of Swing, going to speak all about him now because Luke McCarthy is with us. Yeah, really looking forward to it. And it's a, a little bit of a shock in many ways, Steve, that we get to see Luke McCarthy this Saturday night at Albion Park. As you said, King of Swing returned to action last Saturday night in Sydney, winning at Menangle. I don't think it was anticipated that he would start this weekend in Brisbane, but obviously they've gone through the programs, they've decided to come north early, and not only King of Swing, but there's so much firepower for the McCarthy stable, Expensive Ego, who is the clear favourite with Tab right now for the Rising Sun. He steps out, and the newcomer from New Zealand, Spirit of St Louis, also in action on Saturday night, and these three stars are all in differing races, so uh, plenty to look forward to on Saturday night. Luke joins us now. Luke, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Just a slight change in plan. We probably weren't anticipating to see you this early, but uh, it's a great result for Queensland fans to have you up here in Brisbane. So just a little change to the original plan? Um, it was always the, the plan to bring Ego up uh, for this week, Chris, and, um, and Spirit of St. Louis to give them a couple of runs before the, before the carnival. And um, King of Swing was initially planning on racing last week in Sydney and then, you know, come up after that. But we felt the 2,600 metre Barry draw looked a better race than the, the mile at Menangle where he draw 10. OK. Let's talk about that return to action last Saturday night for King of Swing. He was fresh up, uh, 2,300 metres. He was able to find the front uh, not long after the start. Did he do what you expected him to do last week? Yeah, we're really happy with him, Chris. He's, um, he needed the run. He's still a pretty big fella, and that run will tighten him up. And, you know, on the clock, they were good. They were 154 for a long trip, 26 flat. So um, them couple got home good late, Bundur and Star Galleria, that like, they've had to run sub-26 quarters to get near him. So, you know, them top three runs were really good. He's still learning in many ways about King of Swing, but just how he's returned to you this campaign compared to the previous campaign. Is there a big difference? Is he taking more work? Is he starting to, to let down when he has some time off? Uh, how does he look uh, physically and, and how is he mentally as well? Well, not really, Chris. He's pretty easy horse to have around. He, he just, you know, goes through his motions. He only races in them races that he gets set for, so... Obviously, he had the break after Miracle Mile, and he, he's trained down really well and had that first up run, and he just 
progressive little tighten up which each run you know towards his grand finals Okay, he's got gate one here on Saturday night in the Lucky Creed. Uh, it's only a field of seven, and we go over the longer trip. Uh, turn it up out in gate seven. Is, is there a possibility that he could run the gate and, and, and try and lead this field like he did in the Blacks of Fake back in December? Yeah, he could. He's naturally quick horse out, and um, King Swing gets out really good as well. But, you know, we can just come out nice and strong and, you know, just see what happens. Did you have a good look at Spankham in the in the replays from last week, winning up here at Albion Park? Yeah, I thought he was impressive, and considering he, he missed that run the week before when Kyle got tipped out, so I'm sure he'll take plenty of benefit from having a proper race start as well, and he was, and he was good on the clock also. So how many starts do you want to give King of Swing up here? So he's got Saturday night. Uh, do you want to give him another start in one of those lead-up free-for-alls before he tackles the, the two big ones, which are the, the Sunshine Sprint and the Blacks of Fake? Yeah, for sure. So he'll go around this Saturday and then more than likely get in a fortnight and then whether it's a fortnight to the Sunshine Sprint you know, or, or races twice. But he backs up really well and we purposely haven't done it you know, ever since he's been to Sydney, we've just spaced his runs nicely. But the weeks that he has backed up, Miracle Mall, obviously the heat's a week before into the final, he sort of thrives on the backups. OK. Well, that's King of Swing. Let's talk about expensive ego. As I said, he's the, the current favourite for the, the Rising Sun. He was the first horse invited and accepted. Uh, he's got uh, race four on Saturday night, gate 10 over a mile. How is he in, in lead up to this race this weekend? Yeah, he's super, Chris. He's, he's just had a great campaign all the whole season, really. So he freshened up after the chariots and come out first up in six weeks and went 48-5. And then, of course, went to Melbourne and won the APG. And then he's, he's had the exact same time program from the APG to this weekend. So, you know, his runs have been spaced nicely and we couldn't be happy with it. OK. How many runs does he have? Is this the only run he gets before the Rising Sun, or are you planning on giving him another one as well? We thought he'd have another run the week before. OK. Uh, the fact that he is the favourite, uh, we spoke with Crandell Giddy earlier in the week. He said that, you know, expensive ego is the horse he'd like to have in his stable if he couldn't have Krug. So it's a fair rap. But going forward, he's got the Rising Sun. D does he dip his toe in the water with a race like either the Sunshine Sprint or the Blacks are fake? He'll definitely go to the Blacks of Faith. And then um, the owners just thought they'd wait and see, you know, how hard a run he has to have in the Rising Sun, depending on the draw, whether he goes the three weeks in a row or he just goes to the Blacks of Faith. OK. Tell me about Spirit of St Louis. You took him to Goulburn first up, no trial, and he was able to uh, deliver the goods there. His sectionals were super sharp. How do you rate this guy? Yeah, he's really fast, Chris. He's got that point-to-point -point speed and... Um, the fact, the part, the part we liked at Goulburn was he, he actually, he settled in the one one early, but the horse outside the lead he galloped, so he got left without cover the last thousand metres, and you know he just reeled off a 26-2 off the back without cover. So the fact that he showed that speed, not having to have a suck run, shows he's got a bit of strength as well. If is the Rising Sun the main target for him as well? Yes. So if you didn't have expensive ego, would you be confident that you could win the Rising Sun with Spirit of St. Louis? Yeah, I think so. He's, if he gets the right, obviously you've got to respect, copy that and Krug. And, but I'm sure if he come up with a good draw, I think he'd be a massive chance.
Yeah, okay. Well, there's plenty of firepower there for you on Saturday night. Uh, just with the mare better in force from last Saturday night, she made a return to racing down there in Sydney. I is she still likely to head north to, to tackle the Group 1 Golden Girl? Oh, for sure. She, um, we were really happy with the run on Saturday. She drew out wide and um, the Grimson horses are going really well at the moment and I figured they're probably going to go slick time. Anyway, I ended up going back on her and they went 49. Um, you know, she rocketed home from last and made up super ground against some mares that are in top form. So we're looking forward to bringing her up and I'm sure she'll go well. Okay, yeah, she was a real eye-catcher the way she hit the line there over the final 200 metres. Uh, just in another bit of news uh, for the stable, Bling It On, has it been confirmed that he will be standing in Queensland this upcoming breeding season? Well, it's, I'm sure Bling, Bling handles all of the stowing side of it. Chris, I'm more the driver, but um, it, as far as I know, he's going to be standing in Queensland and... Um, we just sort of felt he's got really well supported by a lot of the Western District horsemen, you know, especially around Bathurst and Wagga and that, and, and they all have sort of hinted that they, you know, the Q-bread system's so good, you know, they can have the dual eligibility of New South Wales and Queensland, so we think he'd, he'd be a really good asset, um, you know, for the breeding industry to stand in Queensland. Yeah, absolutely. The results are starting to come now for Bling It On and it's still very early in his career. So that's a, a big boost for the Queensland industry that the uh, the millionaire pacer Bling It On will be standing this coming season in Queensland. Luke, really appreciate the time as always. Great to uh, have you here in Brisbane uh, this weekend, nice and early. Looking forward to seeing you trackside Saturday night. Yep, thanks, Chris. There's Luke McCarthy joining us. So King of Swing starts in the Lucky Creed. That's race six. He's got gate one, Expensive Ego. Race four, number ten, Spirit of St. Louis. Race three, he's got gate number six, David Brick from Racing Queensland is about to join us now because there's a lot to talk about and uh, there's plenty to talk about, not only with the McCarthy stable, but right throughout the carnival. And David is online with us now. David, appreciate the time. G'day, Chris. How are you and your listeners? Uh, that's a nice little bit of news there, that Bling It On is going to be standing here in Queensland this coming season. Yeah, we did uh, cotton on to that, so, uh, yeah, fantastic news. It's good to see uh, a bit about the confidence in the Q-bread scheme. Uh, you know, we we certainly think that it's up there with the best in, in Australia, and it's good to have some uh, to, stallions to, to support that. <clears throat> um, we've reached out to uh, the team at Cobbity Equine just to see how we can help support that um, and make sure people know the Q-bread. So looking forward to that, uh, if, that if that's their final decision. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about uh, the Winter Carnival, or the Tab Constellations, as it's known for 2021. Officially launched on Tuesday at Albion Park. Uh, we start officially tomorrow night at Redcliffe, and then on Saturday night we've got this huge program. You must be thrilled with the way the carnival's come to hand. Yes, absolutely, Chris. Look, really looking good. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the main aim of, uh, from a, a Queensland perspective, is we want to put harness racing in the spotlight of the best horses and best horse men and women up here. So, uh, at this point in time, it's certainly looking that way. It's great to have the Kiwis lob in town this week. Um, so they they obviously had a, an element to the carnival, and uh, obviously some of the New South Wales horses are on the way up, as you said. Um, uh, as you just, just discussed with Luke, so look, it's, uh, it's an early start to the carnival as well, and that's yeah, I think that helps build up to those uh, those races. But you know, they're still six weeks away, so it just means that uh, people are talking about Queensland harness for a significant period, which is fantastic. I think the real boost uh, for the carnival starting this week is the fact that we've got this feature night coming up tomorrow night at Redcliffe, but then we've 
we've also got such a strong program the following night, 24 hours later, because both cards of racing are absolutely sensational. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're interested in the carnival over the, the coming six weeks, as you said, both have uh, got horses that will certainly be uh, competing for the, <clears throat> the big big uh, races in the weeks to come. So, um, big, fantastic racing, I'm sure, across both both nights. And I think it'll certainly uh, draw some eyeballs. So, it's great to have that. And it's, it's really good that we're able to showcase it at, at two venues and that um, now the Redcliffe clubs are commended on the work that they've done in, in recent times. Our upgrades to their venue at the moment, their track, and, and similarly at Albion Park. So uh, we're looking forward to, to both clubs really supporting the carnival. It's very exciting, no doubt about it. But are you still sort of sitting on edge uh, on COVID watch because there's been a couple of new cases announced this morning in Sydney uh, in the eastern suburbs. So does it still have you just a little bit edgy at, at this point in time with the COVID uh, situation? Oh, look, I think to some degree it does because it does have some impact on that. I think the, the good thing is we know is that horses can travel between the, the different jurisdictions, so that, that's no problem. And we've seen that with regard to uh, recently from the Victorian point of view and our thoroughbred <coughs> carnival. So I think from that point of view, it's good. Obviously, from a participant point of view, there are potentially some impacts around that and, and um, participants being able to come here. At the end of the day, we'll follow in line with the Queensland government and respect that that's their, their decisions and, um, you know, they, they've got the experts in that area and then we'll just work within uh, those rules for, for our industry and for those people interstate to help them uh, attend the carnival or at least their horses depending on what the rules are at the time so anyway we'll certainly keep an eye out um, and, and keep an eye on that so we can uh, can, can uh, liaise with the, the interstate participants and, and let them know how they can compete if they, if they choose to do so. Okay. As you said, the, the Kiwis are here. They're in town. Uh, there's several New South Wales stables that have arrived already. The Victorians are going to start arriving. And as Steve touched on at the start of the segment, uh, uh, disappointing news regarding Leverage Joe. We're making good progress about having this star three-year-old colt from Perth make his way to Queensland, but uh, he succumbed to a little bit of a, an injury there, a setback, so a little bit of disappointment. Uh, well, that, that came through yesterday, that news, but uh, all in all, though, the, uh, the, the quality is right there. Yes, certainly is, and even from a leverage joke point of view, the fact that uh, there's some horsemen in WA looking at the carnival is great. You know, OK, mightn't come off this year, but, you know, I think in, uh, as we move forward in future years, um, it, it helps uh, promote the fact that the carnival's on and, and hopefully that we will see some WA horses come over in, in future years. There's some good opportunities, not a hell of a lot on this time of year, and we think there's some compelling reasons from a feature race point of view for them to attend. So we'll certainly keep that dialogue up with uh, those uh, participants and over there because as I said our, our aim really is just to get the, the best horses from throughout Australasia to compete. Excellent. David I really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, best of luck throughout the carnival. I'm sure we'll be in contact but uh, it starts officially tomorrow night here at Recliffe and then we've got that uh, big night at Albion Park on Saturday night so a lot to look forward to officially starting this weekend. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time Chris. Cheers. There's David Brick joining us from Racing Queensland. He's our Harness Racing Operations Manager. Let's go to Sky Channel now. And Brittany Graham joins us each and every Thursday morning. Uh, she was uh, at the launch on uh, on Tuesday. She uh, uh, got us underway with that launch. And uh, I'm sure she's excited about this weekend. Friday night, great card. And as I said, we back it up with a, an equally impressive program at Albion Park. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Is it like Christmas Eve for you? The, the big races are just around the corner? 
Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? I'm sure, I'm sure that you probably feel the same, but it just seems like uh, they're coming in waves at the moment. So uh, maybe from a participant perspective, it's a little daunting, but uh, from a harness racing fan's perspective, it doesn't get much better. We launched the, the carnival on Tuesday. I know you were out and about yesterday checking out some of this talent. Uh, which horse caught your eye the most when you were out and about on the road yesterday? You know, I was lucky enough to spot some pretty decent horse flesh, as you mentioned. We popped in to visit Ray Green. He's got four horses here for the carnival headline by Copy That, but American Deal is a spunky little horse as well. So he's certainly one that is going to be ultra competitive. Krug, Krug was really, really up and about also, and we spot an amazing dream. But I must say, Copy That just looks so fit. Uh, you would think maybe a horse that of his nature that has, you know, had a couple of weeks since that duels run and the trip over that he may need, you know, some, some fitness to come his way, but he just looks spot on um, and he's up and about as well. So he looks as though he will trial uh, next Friday at Albion Park and he will miss Redcliffe, all of Ray Green's thoughts will miss that Redcliffe meeting. Okay. Now, he's an interesting horse all of a sudden because of that disappointment on Jules Day, uh, you know, career-worst performance, but uh, he's here, and as you've outlined, uh, he looks a million dollars, so that's going to be a really important public workout next Friday. Yes, certainly, and by the sounds of things, he will then race four weeks in a row, so uh, we'll get to see plenty of him. The pads have gone back on his feet, so... Uh, Ray Green was just mentioning that he thinks maybe his feet were just stinging him a little bit. He had the pads on when he won the Taylor Mile and the Messenger and they, I guess, took them off to try and give him a little bit of a break because they can, I guess, hinder their, their foot structure slightly uh, if they stay on for too long. But he just mentioned that maybe he left them off for too long. So they're back on. And as much as they're probably not an ideal piece of equipment for a horse to have to wear, uh, he's... Where he's worn them and worn them successfully in the past, so I don't think it's something to be too concerned about. Okay, just on Krug, uh, there's every chance that he'll be at Redcliffe here next Saturday night. That's the Redcliffe Derby. Cran was at Redcliffe last night, just scoping out uh, the surroundings here at Redcliffe. So, as it stands, Blair Orange is going to be making the trip across to partner Krug in both the Rising Sun and also the Derby, but. Uh, uh, the driver's up for grabs for the Redcliffe Derby. Is there any sort of inclination on who's likely to be uh, driving Krug next week at Redcliffe? I don't think there's been a decision made just yet. I asked Cran the question again yesterday, and he still probably has to have a sit down with the owners and discuss the options. And that Derby's going to be so strong that probably a lot of uh, the leading local drivers may already have driver booking. So it may come down to after the fields are released, but. Uh, if Luke McCarthy was in town, it wouldn't surprise me if he was right at the top of the list. OK, it's going to be a cracking night. Uh, of course, tomorrow night we've got the Patrons Purse. We've got that three-year-old yearling sales series final. But next week, it's Cup Night. It's the two-year-old Group 1 feature final, the Oaks, the Derby. And it looks like Kieran Manning is going to be in town next Saturday night as well because Aladdin is going to be amongst nominations for the Reckliff Derby. He, of course, is a South Australian Derby winner. So it looks like uh, the world record-setting horse person, Kieran Manning, will be driving at Redcliffe here next Saturday night. Uh, it's a great program uh, at both meetings, as I outlined, Friday night, Saturday night. Have you got a good thing for us this weekend? I really like the look of one two-year-old who's impressed me in his short career today. His name's Teddy Disco. He's trained by Sean Grimsey and Nathan Dawson will jump back aboard 
uh, this weekend. He goes around in the first of the yearling sales series heats, which is race number eight tomorrow night. Uh, it's a really strong heat. It's very, very strong indeed. And I think it looks as though they've uh, sort of tried to split the fillies and the colts and gelding. So the boys all go in together. Now come next Saturday night in the finals, uh, of course, the Phillies that have preferential draw, but I think Teddy Disco is the one to beat in the entire series. He was a sharp winner first up at Redcliffe, so a tick that he handles the track. He was then only beaten less than three metres behind Danger Zone in the Breeders' Classic. He was sharp in a trial earlier this week as well, and he has a nice a second-row draw where he's the only runner off that uh, draw. So it, it's a hot heat, but I think that he's the one to beat for the series, so I'll have to stick with him in the heat race eight, number seven, tomorrow night at Redcliffe, Teddy Disco. Okay, so race eight, number seven, Teddy Disco, the best bet for Brittany Graham this weekend. Brittany, as always, really appreciate the time. Uh, as far as your hostings are concerned, next Saturday night you'll be trackside here at Redcliffe? Yeah, looking forward to it. It's always a great night, Redcliffe Cup night, and this year is no different. It's probably stepped it up a notch. So we'll be on track for Sky Racing and Sky Racing Active uh, for Redcliffe Cup night and then the three main nights of the Carnival at Albion Park. So plenty coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Really look forward to it. Brittany, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you across the weekend. Thanks, Chris. There's Brittany Graham joining us from Sky Racing. So a lot to look forward to there. We're going to uh, chat now with Matt Young. We chat with Matt each and every Thursday. And there's plenty of news coming out of Perth because we've got the news about Laverage Joe. Shockwave is back in action tomorrow night as well. So there's a lot to talk about. Matt, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Uh, disappointing news with Laverage Joe, uh, not only from a Queensland perspective, but for, for fans over there as well, because you guys were looking forward to seeing him strut his stuff in that Group 1 feature tomorrow night. But uh, unfortunately, he's come out, and that probably comes off the back of the news last week about the derby winner, Mighty Ronaldo, not being uh, in that race as well tomorrow night. So it's been a little bit disappointing with the three-year-old news this week. Yeah, it's uh, terrible news about Mighty Ronaldo uh, tripping over on the track and uh, just... Uh, taking out his knees to a, a low extent but uh, they tipped him out and Laverage Joe with just that just filling in his leg it's just really disappointing uh, unbelievable to think that a horse of his ability could go through the two year old and three year old season without a group one win is uh, truly remarkable yeah, yeah it's a good point indeed that you raised there with Laverage Joe on the flip side, Shockwave, he's back in action. Of course, we haven't seen him since he had that little bleeding attack uh, back during the, uh, the Cup features, but uh, by all accounts, he's absolutely firing, and the trials uh, prove that as well. So he comes up with gate one tomorrow night. Can he take that fresh up? Yeah, look, I, I would say um, he should win. Look, I'm not, I'm not knocking the horse, but uh, as you mentioned, he's, he's coming back off of a bleeding attack, and uh, last preparation when he was first up, he beat Chicago Bull, but he actually took charge of Aiden DeCampo over the longer trip when he fired him off the gate. So Barrier 1 is probably the draw that they didn't want with him. Uh, he's been driven with a sit in his trials as well, so... I wouldn't be diving into the dollar thirty. I think he'll win, but uh, I just think there's a few little things there that uh, Ryan Bell will want as a trainer to see him do tomorrow night, rather than just go out all guns blazing and win. Now, just a question from me, Steve. Just in regards to bleeding attacks, is it the same as the thoroughbreds? Three months first time, life the second time. Yes. Yeah. So he's. Um, yeah, look, it's, uh, I think there was talk of uh, a potential uh, maybe sale if uh, 
because of America, they can treat it more over there. So uh, that was way back in the the idea uh, after the Fremantle Cup or after the Pacing Cup, I think it was. There was the Fremantle Cup. So, but at the same time, they don't get a chance to have a horse like him in the stable. So, I think um, I think he'll he'll acquit himself really well, and what he's doing is really good. But at the same time, Ryan Bell's also more experienced now and knows what the horse can and can't do. And I think uh, I think he should be sweet this preparation. In your opinion, Matt, who starts favourite tomorrow night? Will it be Shockwave or will it be Chicago Bull in that Winter Cup? Shockwave, easy. Chicago Bull's... Uh, oh, look, he was a better run last start. Um, he picked up some ground. They were driven soft, but he's got an awkward draw again. And He's just lacking that brilliance that we've seen from him in past seasons. So uh, Shockwave, he wasn't far behind. Chicago Bull at the peak of his powers. So I'd say Shockwave comfortably favourite. OK. Uh, your tip last week was uh, sensational. Armour Einstein was able to score, score easily, and uh, generous odds as well. Uh, he goes around in that Group 1 feature, which uh, was was to feature Leverage Joe. What is your best bet tomorrow night? It was beautiful to watch that race last week and mm. uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm going against Armour Einstein this week in the uh, three-year-old Westbury at Colton Golding's Classic. I think Otis for David Thompson and Dylan Edgerton and Green. He'd been racing really well and getting pretty close to uh, Leverage Joe and uh, he trolled behind Shockwave. He led. Shockwave burnt him off down the back straight but uh, as they finished towards the line, Otis was... Sticking with him really well. They got home in uh, 55 and change. And, look, I think he can breeze and win. I think he can lead and win. I, I, I think they'll hand up to him. And if he leads, I, he's unbeatable in my opinion. And uh, if he sits in the breeze, I still think he can win the race. So he's a pretty smart horse, Otis. And uh, he's been pretty close to knocking off uh, jumping Jack Mack. Uh, he beat Mighty Ronaldo at Gloucester Park. And uh, he's been able to get pretty close to Leverage Joe. So he's right up there with the better ones. And I think this is a really good race for him. He's made about the $3 quote. OK, I like the confidence there. Race five, number three, Otis. And just in closing this week, uh, I've got to pay credit to uh, Aidan DeCampo. He trifected a Group 1 race last week. That's not easy to do, let alone in a, in a normal race, let alone in a Group 1 race. A remarkable achievement, that. Yeah, he's uh, he's quite amazing, Aiden. He's one of the best drivers in the states uh, over here. Um, the the amount that he has improved since taking over the reins as uh, the uh, trainer for his old man stable, uh, he's been unbelievable. He's he's got that controlled aggression that Gary Hall Jr. has. He's very good, Aiden, and he's a wonderful trainer. To uh, train the trifecta in a Group 1 before the age of 30 is uh, truly remarkable, as you mentioned, and richly deserved. He's got a great team that helps him out in Capel, and they work really hard, and it's a great operation. So well, I think there'll be a lot of continued success coming out of Four Diamonds pacing. Yeah, absolutely. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll take the tip with Otis tomorrow night, and we'll be talking next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.